Welcome to the Arlington Street Church Podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. If you had told me when I was a kid growing up in the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Ames, Iowa, that someday I would be a minister, I would have given you a blank stare of incredulity. It's not that I had anything against ministers per se, it's just that I didn't know there was such a thing as a UU minister. I was raised in a lay-led fellowship with the understanding that we are all, each one of us, responsible for our individual spiritual development. That maintaining and building our religious community is a core part of that development. That working together, joining our different talents, each as valuable as the other, taking turns in leadership, the congregation makes its own decisions about how to be together without higher authority. I learned much later that this is a form of governance called congregational polity. Along with this high value in working together and egalitarianism, I also absorbed an idea that is not part of congregational polity, that ministers are an unnecessary vestige of an old authoritarian leadership model. In retrospect, it seems a kind of religious libertarianism if taken to its extreme, the proud, independent, we can do it ourselves, si se puede, becomes we, you, yous, don't need no stinking minister. <laughs> and I think that was pretty much my attitude when I arrived in Boston for graduate school and witnessed many different UU ministers preaching, not speaking, from high pulpits, <laughs> not lecterns on the floor maintaining eye contact and even gasp, giving communion. <laughs> I was shocked, shocked, I tell you. If you had told me then, or even after I became a member here at Arlington Street Church that someday I would be a UU minister, I would have thought you were out of your cotton-picking mind. <laughs> I saw my service on first the hospitality committee, as usher and greeter, then adult religious education, then buildings and grounds, then social action, then chair of the council as doing the work, the necessary chores of community maintenance. I regarded my financial pledges similarly. I had benefited so much from being in the new members group, then building your own theology and covenant group. It was my responsibility my obligation to contribute and pay it back. Then, after six or seven years, I joined the choir 
I had very mixed feelings about taking that step. I felt guilty because I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I regarded it as a fun activity in contrast to church work. <laughs> Would it take time away from the church chores I was doing? I don't know where this very strange, puritanical, dualistic view of my religious life came from, certainly not from my upbringing in the UU Fellowship, where music and the arts were and are a cherished part of our congregational life. How, how had I forgotten the lesson learned so early that a balance in life Balancing the intellectual, emotional, creative, physical aspects of self and connection to the world is that which spurs our own individual growth. I began to re-examine my attitudes and feelings about being a member of this church more closely, and this led to a slippery slope of re-examining my attitudes about ministry and authority as well. When I was elected to serve on the Prudential Committee, funny name for Arlington Street's Board of Trustees, I decided to continue to sing in the choir. I was amazed at how these two very different forms of service both helped feed my spirit and most surprisingly, how my time on the Prue went from being the dreaded chore done out of obligation to a vocation as a leader. I went from seeing the minister from the pews on Sunday to working with her across a table. Kim Crawford Harvey became my minister when I saw her joined with all of the lay leaders in furthering the mission of the congregation, as well as the wise woman of the pulpit. So in the spring of 2007, as president of the Peru, I stood right here and said, in our free church tradition, the authority to ordain lies wholly with the local congregation. We who have witnessed Marjorie's ministry have gathered here to affirm her calling. We recognize that this ministry will be fulfilled only through the spirit of mutual trust, cooperation, and love. Love. In affirmation of Marjorie's ministry in our congregation and our confidence in her calling, the members of the Arlington Street Church, will you please rise in body and spirit? and or spirit. And then we responded, we pledge ourselves to support you with our trust, our honesty, and our commitment to ministry and to Unitarian Universalism. Huh. Not only had we all pledged commitment to ministry, I had just led the congregation in ordaining the Reverend Marjorie Maddy. I had, yes, slowly, come to see another aspect of our covenantal faith. 
Professional ministry is a vital part of congregational life, and that all leaders, all lay leaders, were also doing ministry, that we were all practicing religious vocation done with love for the betterment of ourselves, our community, and our world. The irony is, though I had seen myself and my church and my denomination as the extreme opposite of the narrow-minded exclusionary pilgrims of 17th century New England, each time we pledge our support in ordinations, we are following in their footsteps. It was they who started the whole congregational polity idea here, that congregations govern themselves without a hierarchy of authority and covenantal relationship that binds members together in a spirit of love without a required creed. We covenant with the Lord and one with another and do bind ourselves in the presence of God to walk together in all his ways according as he is pleased to reveal himself unto us in his blessed word of truth. These words might sound very, very different from the covenants that we all of us speak in our congregations today. But Alice Blair Wesley, in her exploration of our 17th century religious ancestors, points out that this covenant is radical, just like us. In the use of the words, unto us, she says that those two words, unto us, granted ultimate religious authority solely to that convincing power of truth, evident in the understandings reached and tested over time by a body of deeply loving individuals mutually pledged faithfully to seek and to heed truth together in ongoing community. That sounds a little more like the love is the spirit of this congregation and service is our gift that we know so well. UU historian Conrad Wright emphasizes different words because Unitarians. <laughs> um, from the same Salem, Salem Covenant of 1629, he writes, the operative words are, we do bind ourselves to walk together. They are not, we believe. That's key. Both scholars demonstrate the direct line of free church principles over centuries. Coming together in community, we seek and speak the truth in love. Congregational polity and covenantal relationship, and I'll say those words again because they're, they're, they sound so bureaucratic, but actually they need to be loved. Congregational polity and covenantal relationship define us and how we are together as Unitarian Universalists lay and professional. Just a month ago, intern Katie Scudera was ordained right here, and the congregation said, we pledge ourselves to journey with you in shared faith, guided by our 
seven principles, and congregational covenants. And last year, at my own ordination, the congregation said, we pledge ourselves to walk with you in the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace, and in all the ways of truth and love. What does this journey, this walking together mean? What have we gotten ourselves into, lay people, and the people we have ordained into ministry. Tom Owen Toll says, for us, and he's speaking, us you use, evolution isn't just a biological fact, but a personal and institutional one as well. According to our tradition, each step of the religious journey holds some deepening affirmation, some correcting discipline, some fresh wonder. The way I see it, ministry, lay or professional, is a natural step in one's personal religious journey. But also, maybe more directly, it is a step in the covenantal walk taken with all of the members of the congregation and with other UU congregations. No one is more surprised than I to find that I am an institutionalist at heart. My love and work for the community is spiritual practice, not only in the choir, but also in well-facilitated, spiritually grounded committee meetings. What about you? Where has walking this journey together lay and professional ministry, where has it taken you internally? In the community, outside the congregation. Where is this walking together leading you? Owen Tolls exhorts his readers, so give your all, personally and communally, to that enterprise that has done so much for you. Commit your whole being to growing and cultivating pieces of the beloved community here and now, right where you're planted. Ours is a holy vocation worthy of all we are. Again, he's not talking to professional ministers only. This holy vocation is for every member of the congregation. And that is why every ordination of a minister is in some respects a mutual ordination of the congregation as well. And not just one congregation either. Just in the past year, the Arlington Street Church congregation has come together with First Parish in Waltham and Winchester Unitarian Society congregations to ordain me and Katie. Every ordination in all of your churches, every ordination is our ordination, widening the path and then walking it together. 
That's why, even though Katie is off to Needham and I'm off to Carbondale, we can still all walk together. We can go to General Assembly this week in Providence. Go to the service of the Living Tradition Friday night. Go to Saturday evening or Sunday morning worship to meet and worship with multitudes of our fellow sojourners. On our travels this summer, some of you are already doing this, we can visit the local UU congregations. In the fall, we can join in interfaith vigils, go to district workshops, sing in the choir, fulfill our financial pledges, and increase them next year. The covenants we've made at our ordinations open up our shared path. Every act of loving kindness in the world, every contribution to our faith community, that's a part of our life's journey together. Oh, it sounds so wonderful, <laughs> so ideal. But we all know that the path we are walking together is not a rails to trails kind of thing smooth with only gentle inclines. <laughs> Ours is always changing, sometimes rocky and dusty, sometimes muddy and seemingly impassable. It's always, always containing unexpected sharp turns. We look with envy at others' paths, clearly marked with free lemonade stands. <laughs> Downhill, all the way. That path seems so perfect. And we here in Boston and Carbondale and Chapel Hill and Baton Rouge and San Antonio, yes, even San Antonio, and every other congregation, ours, our paths are far, far away from perfect. What shall we do then until we are perfect? Nothing more nor less than live. Let's keep walking together. Amen and blessed be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a donation by checking the mail or through our website.